0: Welcome to Trust the Process show. I'm your host, Chris Reed. Um, I'm excited today to have uh, Sean Moroni here joining me. Uh, Sean is on a, a journey to change himself and help change the world with people in obesity and I think just more in general, just making transformations in their life. Um, so Sean, thanks for joining me. Thanks, Chris, for having me, man. I appreciate it. I'm honoured. It's, it's, yeah, like I said, it's, it's certainly a pleasure and for a guy like myself, uh, we kind of touched on before this but I'm a personal development guy, I love to make changes in myself and as we talked a little bit and we'll get into this further with your journey, it's, it really isn't necessarily about the external obstacles that we have, it's really about those internal and why I was gravitated to you, Sean, is um, what you're doing takes more than just uh, physical exercise, it takes this. Um, commitment to ourselves and discipline within our with our own being. So uh, that's why I wanted you to have and bring you on this show today.
1: Well, that's that's awesome. I love the fact that you would do that because yeah, it is more than just getting from point A to point you know B or Z. You know, it's that thing all the way in there. And Like you said, trust the process, and it is a process. It's progress, not perfection. And I found out the process isn't. All cracked up to what it is man i quit every day probably so you know the process is the hardest i mean getting through the process but it's all starts with that mindset if you don't have get your mind in shape the body's never going to follow because i tried years chris for trying to get my body in shape forever in a day and i didn't do with the mind i tried every dri- diet every try it every you know this this drink and that what didn't come in there it had to get that that mindset and then that intrinsic motivation that fueled, you know, what I'm doing. And then my why, my three daughters, you know, that was another thing. You find your why, you find your way. And, you know, not just my daughters, but I always had it there. But it was like, now I gotta live for not only me and my wife, now I gotta live for my three girls. And, you know, it's 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 all about, you know, putting yourself out there. And I think to be quite honest, you know, the process is there's great strength and vulnerability. And I think the more vulnerable, the more real we are, you know, you can't, you know, deny being real and being vulnerable because that sort of takes the dagger and the sword out of other people's hands. How are we going to stab you and criticize you whenever you're already being your vulnerable person and your own critic? So that's that's what I started. And that's what, where I'm at now.
0: Yeah, oh, man, you, you touched on a few points that are really close to me. Uh, I've been I've been doing a lot of studying me and my wife I mentioned we do coaching and a big piece of what we do is through emotional intelligence and you touched on a real key couple competencies in there and that's just like what is that intrinsic motivation and what is that why you know the, the real purpose And I think people lose or don't necessarily know what that why is because that why isn't like my why isn't for you sake just to lose weight It's right. it's much deeper because in those moments of where we can't pull that intrinsic motivation, our why almost comes in as like that backup to kind of push us back into that intrinsic motivation, right? Because that why is yes. what is that, is pushing us forward to to grab what we have. So where I want to kind of get into this with you then, Sean, is, so you started your journey. And I think the biggest part for anybody, and I'm sure people have reached out to you, and you've helped them do this, but is that that first initial step that that's, for me was the hardest part of like that moment where you're like you know what eff it man i need to change mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. what yes. was that moment like for you because i think that part is what really creates this foundation for transformation is that moment of whether you want to call it rock bottom or or whatever that is that moment i know for myself that i remember going to this day the moment that I need to change, I can reflect back and I can feel that, right? Sure. So what was that for you that made you want to go on this journey and also be vulnerable to like sharing it with the world? Mm, that's a great
1: question, Chris. And by the way, you know, it's all about, was it the, the, the definitive moment? I think it was, like I said, a process, okay? Um, and if I can do it justice and bring it into where I'm not going, you know, chasing rabbits down a, a rabbit trail, I'm going to get you... The most precise, you know, explanation. But my journey, um, of course, I played. I played sports in high school. You know, I played football, baseball. I did. I, I excelled in sports. Matter of fact, um, I was a thirty-eight waist in high school. I was bench pressing, you know, three hundred pounds. You know, I did. I did great. You know what I'm saying? And um, I got addicted. And it goes back further. I got addicted to drugs and alcohol at the age of thirteen. Uh, first time I tried alcohol, marijuana. I was six. Okay um, and I can't share where the process of where all of a sudden that light bulb came on without saying a few of these things. I was also uh, sexually molested um, for several years by a teenage boy in my neighborhood um, took advantage you know, of me, just destroyed my my whole psyche, my my mentality, um, you know the drugs the alcohol. I'm the youngest of five kids. Um, my father passed away when I was six. Um, that was pretty traumatic for me. My mom remarried, and although my stepdad was a great provider, he really, you know, abused me verbally. And by by no means, I'll, I'll preface by saying this: I am not a victim. I don't look at it. I had. I just got done writing my book. My book's getting ready to come out probably this this month. And it was the best, you know, psychiatry psychological thing I could have ever went through to do this and to sort of find out why and how I got to where I'm at. And it's not an excuse. It's an explanation. I, I, I drop my excuses. My excuses are gone. I don't have any excuse. I got here. I didn't get here by drinking air and breathing air and drinking water. I got here by bad choices and the choices are yours, but not the consequences. So all that stuff balled up, you know, it was like this is my epicenter of who I am. and That just took me down a bad road. Okay. Uh, 21, I made a, a 180 degree turn. I turned my life around, gave up the drugs. They gave up the alcohol. Um, I sort of gave up school because I was more inter- interested in music at the time. I was a drummer in a band in Pittsburgh. And, um, so with all that, that whole process I'm gaining. Okay. And then I always had that stature of, you know, stocky, you know what I'm saying? I was always a stocky kid. Um, always had that, you know, I would say no matter how active I was, when I mean, we played backyard football. Every time football season came in, we played football three times, you know, a day, you know, we played baseball season. We played three times a day. I mean, I was, I was active and, um, and just ate bad. My mom was a great cook, you know, um, eating fast food, you know, all that stuff doing, making them bad choices. But so from 21 to when I got married in 1998, my wife and I've been married for 20 years uh, this past August. And, um amazing. She she she's major league on minor league. It's amazing. She stuck with me for twenty years. So she gets the award, not me. You know. Right. Um. But uh. And congrats, by my, the way. That's
0: a that's a. Well, big... thank
1: you. It's it, it, she's awesome. I mean, I couldn't do what I do without my wife. That's that's bottom line. Uh, Jess is a, is is a major leaguer. Um. So, anyways, through them years, I mean, I was gaining weight. Okay, when I got married in ninety eight, I was about three hundred fifty you know, 360, you know, upper three. I was a manageable obese person. You know what I'm saying? There's functional obese people, there's morbidly obese people, and then there's obese people. So I was like that functioning obese person. I was still traveling. Um, I I spoke in public schools all across America is what I did. I used my past and my drug addiction, and I started Teens of America in 1998 as well, which is a nonprofit that helps teenagers in schools and all that stuff. So that's what I was doing. I was traveling all over the place. And so, um, and I'm saying all this because then it gives you to where my why to where it put me on my back. Um, I had, um, 98, three, you know, I got married, functional, obese person in 2000. I was in Louisiana speaking at a, um, uh, teen meeting. And I remember I got so sick, like the the flu, I didn't know what it was. And I just was, I was terror. I mean, I was, I was deathly sick and I'd still, I take, you know, down, ibuprofen and just to get the fever down so I could get up and speak. And, um, I had the chills, all that stuff. And I noticed on my leg that on the inside of my thigh was a red spot. Like it was real hot to the touch. I thought I got bit by a spider. And, um, I remember saying there was a nurse, you know, on, uh, by, by where we were at and, uh, the, the host asked, Hey, would you take a look at Sean's, you know, leg? And sure, she goes, no, that's not a spider bite. That's cellulitis. Well, I was like, what, what's cellulitis? She goes, well, you, you know, got an infection uh, right on the skin, you know, boom, and didn't think nothing of it. I, the next day, I was getting ready to fly out. She made an appointment with her uh, doctor that she works for to take a look at it, put me on antibiotics. I flew home. That went away. Well, since that, um, Chris, I have had 19 infections since 2000.
0: Hmm.
1: So, I've had 13 hospitalizations, and then I, I started getting lymphedema. So each time I'd get the infection, this mass would get bigger and bigger and bigger, and it would go down, it would get bigger, and I'd just start retaining water and fluids like nobody's business. And so the first time I went into the hospital was in 2004, okay? So from 1998 to 2000, got that infection, 2000 to 2004, I didn't weigh myself. And I knew I was, you know, still functional, all that stuff. Uh, obese person and um, but it was still it was getting harder and I knew it and this mass on my leg was getting bigger and um, all of a sudden I go and get put into the hospital why I got put into the hospital was because um, I had an allergic reaction did not know it at the time to an antibiotic Cipro and that Cipro my it was my leg was turning black it was oozing wow. and my wife said no it's time to go to the doctor so we went to my doctor He said, you go to the emergency room right away, went to the emergency room. They admitted me and my mouth and my, my all back of my throat was so sore and swollen and had blisters all in there too. And so thank God for the infectious disease doctor, Dr. Lord came into my room and I'm on the bed. He looks at me, he goes, when he's looking at my mouth, he goes, when did you take your last dose? I said, I was getting ready to take the last one just before I came. And then we came, he goes, he goes, if you would have taken that last dose, you would not be here. Hmm. I got Steven Johnson syndrome is what I had. And it was going into my mucous membrane. And once it goes into your mucous membrane, it starts shutting down your organs left and right. And so I'm there and Dr. Lore saved my life. I mean, I was like, you know, my wife laid across my chest just weeping because she didn't realize it was that bad. I had blisters over 90% of my body. Every time I'd walk, they burst. That's how bad it was. And so I'm on there. And like I said, weight loss is more than eat less and move more. And obesity, that's what I'm trying to define. I want to create awareness and I want to kill the assumption of obesity because people say, well, you just eat less, move more. That's what every doctor told me. That's what, you know, 30 trainers turned me away. They wouldn't even take me on because the health and fitness industry does not know how to work with us. And rightly so, there is stigmas. There is a stereotype of an obese person that they're, you know, lazy. They don't have the mindset. They're, you know, the victim type thing. Um, and doctors are dismissive. You know, I, I get a hangnail. Well, you know, you need to lose weight. Well, my arm hurts doc. What a, well, you got to lose weight every, every, you turn, you got to lose weight. You got to lose weight. They never give you, you know, here's this diet. Okay. It was created by a skinny doctor that never weighed five pounds overweight, you know, type thing. And, um, so I get on there and there's a scale on the bed, Chris. <laughs> and my wife says, I'm going to, I'm going to weigh you. So she weighed me. I was 567. So from 2000, from 1998 to 2004, I went from 360 to 567 in a matter of, you know, five years. And that was devastating. She, you know, I'm like, and still, it still didn't wake me up. I've still kept on getting cellulitis. You know what I'm saying? It's still not, you know, the light was on. I was scared. I'd do good for a while. You know what I'm saying? That sort of that process, you like get scared and you do. And then all of a sudden you forget about it. Everything's good. Everything passes. And so uh, here's where it really kicks in. So my highest weight I got to was 687 pounds. Wow. Um, I had, you know, like I said, 19 infections. I just got out of the hospital two weeks ago. I was in the hospital again for my 13th time. Um, this has been the best. My, my white blood count. I mean, I, I almost died from sepsis also. I died twice almost. Um, my white blood count was twenty six thousand. Um, I my fever was one hundred and four point nine. Uh, they had to bring eyes to you to me. I was delirious, you know, all that stuff. And so, anyways, all these hospital stays. I went and I was going through lymphedema therapy. And my occupational therapists, they were awesome. Leslie and Kara were. They treated me like gold. They didn't treat me like an obese person. Uh, they treated me like who I really was. And um, so. Anyways, I'm going through lymphedema. Th- and they told me, they said, Sean, next time you go to the hospital, why don't you check into the hospital here and we'll be able to do therapy for you. I said, okay. Um, so this is six years ago. And um, it was sort of a devastating time for me too. It was, a, it was the darkest year of my life, Chris. I mean, I, I didn't want to live. I didn't want to go on. My mom passed away. My mom was my rock. My, I mean, my mom was always there for me. She was 80. Uh, she passed away. I couldn't even get home. I had to say goodbye to her on FaceTime on, you know, through, and, and she was waiting for me. She was, you know, in psychosis and stuff like that. She had Alzheimer's, you know, uh, a lot of things and, and she was going and my brothers and sisters were around her. I was there via FaceTime because I couldn't get home because I was in, just got out of the hospital a few days before. And um, anyways, I said goodbye to her. She passed away. That was devastating to me. Um, and then I'm, I'm in the hospital a few months later, and a nurse came into the room, okay? My wife was there, and this is the new hospital now, mind you. I went to another hospital. They take care of me. They know me. And I go in there, and here's what she said to me. She goes, man, you were fat and disgusting, and I, you don't have an opinion on what you have to say about me. How in the world did you ever let yourself get that way? With me and my wife both being there, Okay. And I'm like, wait a minute, I'm like, wait a minute, whoa, you know, like, you know, I still like a Scooby-Doo type ass. So I was like, she, she didn't, I looked, at my wife, and, and she goes, you didn't say that. She goes, yeah, she goes, how, how could you let yourself get this way? And so my wife immediately went report, got her out of my room immediately, found a report, and then that wasn't bad enough, and this is a dark period, right? I had two doctors that you'd think that this would send me over the top. Well, the two doctors there were so dismissive. They were treating me. They were telling me I have high blood pressure. I don't have high blood pressure. I do when I get the infection. They said, you're blood sugar. You're a diabetic. I said, I'm not a diabetic. My, 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 my sugar is 95. Uh, my A1C is 5.1. I told them that. They wouldn't get my records from my other hospital and from my primary care doctor. And they kept me there and treated me like a lab rat for four extra days longer than I should have been. And on top of that, this was in February. My wife couldn't get up there with me. I had a two year old at that time, Maddie, and they couldn't even come up. I couldn't see them in the hall. I'm in there by myself because of the snowstorms. And my wife couldn't come up to I'm I'm like alone, man. I'm just like, I just like look and I said, Lord, I don't, I don't want to be here. I just, I just want to die. Just take me home. You know, get me out of this world. I'm done. Bye. Sayonara. I was just at that point. And uh, Leslie, who I told you about, came into me. She said, Sean. She says, uh, "You can't do therapy. Your legs too swollen." She goes, "But let me let's talk." And she sort of put that down. She's like, "You know, Sean, you got too much to live for." She goes, "You're you're incredible man. You got so much. You got a daughter. You know what I'm saying? You're gonna have you know want to have more kids." And she says, "You you this isn't you. You got your your and she, and I never would have, t- have taken that from somebody, but she did it sort of you know delicately, but yet sternly." And Leslie changed my life that day. And I remember laying in my bed. And so I got out of the hospital. You think that would have been with the bad doctors, the nurse, you know, treated me like a, like a, a subhuman them treating me like a, you know, a, a lab rat. And you'd think that I, I mean, me my mom passed away, dark period. Well, that actually all of a sudden, man, boom, kicked in. I came out of the hospital. I pulled my wife, I said, I'm giving up soda. I'm giving up pop and I'm giving up fast food. She goes, okay. And she, you know, she heard me say that before. It's been six years. I haven't had a Big Mac, a French fry in six years. I haven't had, went to a fast food restaurant. Now, mind you, I, I've treated myself with a uh, a soda, but I don't. It's not in my. I used to drink a two liter of a soda a day, um, but very very rarely. I'm 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 out of that. It's been six years that I made that first step. I made that first thing of giving something simple up. That given that one thing, and then it started going into that process, right? Mm-hmm. And then from six years, and then what happened? And here's the here's the good thing. And I'll shut up. The great thing was, Chris, was from there I get now. I had Madison, my daughter, and then Olivia was born, my second daughter, and that was like, oh my goodness! I'm I cut the umbilical cords, right? I'm bringing these lives into my, and and all of a sudden, it kept on getting. Re, I mean, I'm talking pressure like nobody's business, because, you know, pressure is good, because if we didn't have blood pressure, we'd die, um, and I like pressure, and it was like, okay, now I got Olivia, <laughs> now now it's getting real, it's like, the, the, my it was my my wife, my daughter Madison was everything, she made me a dad, and she's my, she's, she, Madison's eight right now, that everybody calls her Mattishon, because she's her father's child, you know, they call her you know, who I, she's exactly me. She, she's incredible. But anyways, then, then Olivia was born. And then December 26, 2016, my third daughter, Mackenzie was born. And I cut that umbilical cord, Chris. And now mind you, I'm already going through this process. I'm trying, you know, I'm doing this. I'm getting a little bit of weight off. I'm doing this, but I really wanted a trainer. I, I, I got turned away by so many um, I was looking for somebody that. Hey, I need to learn. I want. I want. I want some knowledge. i t- I googled everything. Do you do this diet? Do you you know paleo? Do you do whole thirty? Do you do keto? Do you do Atkins? You know. You know that. I mean, people say just Google it. Just go. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, that's like you know telling me to go out into the middle of uh, you know uh, a city and find a needle, right? I mean, you ain't gonna do it. And um, so, anyways, December twenty sixth. Uh, that day, uh, Mackenzie was born. I cut that umbilical cord. I mean, and uh, it just something just came over me. I um, I remember walking from the delivery room into the um, uh, the hospital room where they were going to bring Jess and Mackenzie into the room, and my mother in law was bringing the two oldest up. Okay, Madison and McKen- and and Olivia. And, um, I remember sitting there just like, man, I, 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 this, this is, this is too much. This is just too much. And I got pictures in my head. Like, I don't want them. I want to walk them down the aisle. I don't want somebody else walking them down the aisle. I don't want Mackenzie to remember me in a picture. I want to make memories with her live memories with all three of my daughters. And I want them to have total vivid memories and not just, Oh, that's my dad. Hey, this is, I, I didn't want that. It. it just like got real. So anyways, this is all going through my head. Right. And I remember coming home. Uh, my mother-in-law was going to take my two oldest because we had to get up at dark 30 in the morning and uh, to deliver Mackenzie. And we were tired. Didn't get any sleep the night before came home and my mother-in-law was going to take the two so I can get a nap. You know, Jess was in the hospital and I remember coming home. I didn't take a nap. You know what I did? As soon as they left, I Googled, there's a gym three miles away from my home. And I Googled the number and I called that number as soon as they left. And I said, uh, there's a, you know, a receptionist answered. I said, hey, I'm looking for a trainer. And she's like, well, there's nobody here right now. And I like, uh-oh, I, <laughs> I poured everything out on her, Poor her, man. I just, I dumped everything. I said, if something, there's not a trainer there, I'm going to pour it out on her. And I did. I told her my whole story, Chris. I just said, here's where I'm at. Uh, my highest weight, 687. I need help. And, she, and here's what she said to me. She says, oh, my, Sean, she goes, you have a story. She goes, I, I, I believe somebody here can help you. And, and I heard that before. And anyways, I go and uh, an hour later, I get a phone call. Hey, Sean, this is Brandon Glore from, you know, uh, and, uh, and he's like from the gym. And he, I was like, wow, an hour? And we were on the phone for about an hour and everything. And um, all that to say is that whenever it was all said and done, that we had the whole thing that I'm going there and having everybody looking at where, where you know, Brandon calling me and I saw, and I poured it out to him again. And here's what he said to me. He said, let's meet. I said, uh, well, t- this week is rough because my, my wife just had our third child. And he goes, how about I come to your home? I'm like, what? He goes, how about I come to your home? He said, how about tomorrow at two o'clock? I said, okay. And um, he comes the next day. We spent two and a half hours. And uh, Brandon sat there and here's what he did. I I poured uh, face to face, man. I just poured it. I said, Brandon, I need help. I need this help. I said, I have my third daughter. I I don't want to die. I want to get this weight off. Will you help me, please? And he looked at me, he goes, you're ready for this. And I said, you better believe I am. And he said to me, he said, I'm taking you on. And I was like, you are? He said, yeah, I'm going to take you on. And I I got in I said, hey, Brandon, I said, well, let me ask you this. I said, you're taking me on. I said, how much is this going to cost? I said, I know it's expensive. He said, I'm taking you on for nothing. Wow. I'm like, wait, I said, I'm deaf in one ear. I said, that's my deaf ear. Say it in this ear. He said, I'm taking you on for nothing. And I was like, wow. So the other process coming to where I asked other people that have reached out to me, is I asked him two things. I said, Brandon, I appreciate you doing this, but let me ask you this. I said, have you ever been overweight yourself? He says, not one day. He said, I have good genes. You know, it's like so most people hit the, you know, the genetic lottery. You know what I mean? They don't have to work at, you know, keeping weight off, you know, they're ripped or, you know, they have everything, you know, given to them. They don't have to work, but they think that everybody else should be that same way. Well, it's not going to work that way. And so I asked him another question. I said, have you ever worked out and worked with somebody my size. And here's what he said. He said, no. And I said, so how's this going to work? And here's what changed my life that day. Um, Chris, he said to me, he goes, you want to learn from me, right? I said, I sure do. He says, I want to learn from you. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, he goes, yeah, he goes, because the obese population He said, I went to four years of college. I spent one semester in, you know, an hour class on obesity and lymphedema, everything you're talking about. He said, I want to get educated. I want to learn from you. And sure enough, he got a, he's gotten a big education um, and learned and didn't realize. And then I shared my video. My first day in the gym was January 10th, um, 2017. And I worked out, man, he worked the dog stew out of me, man. My hair was hurting. My toenails were hurting. The battle, you know, I never did the battle ropes, you know. Um, He put me through a 30-minute workout just to see where I was at. And he says, see, you can do more than you thought. I said, I I know. And so I started going one day a week in the gym. And he started, you know, coming to my house one day a week and doing home exercises with me. And um, so anyways, when it was all said and done, um, he did that. I posted. I said, hey, will you do me a favor? I said, I want you to video me doing these battle ropes. He says, cause I want to get so far out on accountability that I can't come back. And he says, what do you mean? I said, just film me. And I said, I'm going to put it on Facebook for all my friends and family to see that Sean Maroney's serious. And he's now working out in the gym. I put that out. That was January 10th. I put that video on Facebook on January 14th, 2017 in less than six hours. It got 200,000 views. Chris.
0: No shit. And
1: by the yes, and by the next day, it was at one point two million views, and I just started getting blown up. I mean, all over the world, people reaching out. Oh, I struggle with obesity, man. I, I, I'm this. And what I did is I hit a nerve because here's the thing: is that did you know in America, about almost forty five percent of our population is obese, and thirty percent of that population never come out of their home. So you're looking at 50, 60 million people that don't come out of their home. And Brandon didn't realize how bad it was until I came and started showing him messages because I started posting a lot of my workout things and what I was doing, what I and started just documenting. And you know what people do? Most people that are my size, they don't show the they video themselves, but they don't show it till the end. So what I decided to do was show the process and the struggle. And the ups and the downs, and I don't want to go to the gym. I don't feel like going to the gym. I don't want to eat right. I don't want to do this. And I started just putting that documenting. I I don't create content. I document my life. And I just start putting that out there. And all of a sudden, just start getting. And now, uh, Facebook, 60 million views later. um, My Fox interview is at 6.9 million views just by itself. I got featured on Forbes. I mean, fat guy takes over Forbes, Chris. Come on. I mean, seriously. Um, I'm on it's Forbes. Impressive,
0: man. It's It really is unbelievable The what you said there in terms of just documenting rather than creating. Yes, correct. What I think you've done here, Sean, is – first off, man, like what I – you got so much emotion behind this. Like I can see it on your face. And this – everything you've gone through is – it touches home for me, too, in some ways. I was never a super obese guy. I was overweight. Was about my highest peak, I was about 300. But I have, in my family, you know, we touched on the gene thing, right? I think yes, people are yes. more receptive to gaining weight. And I have some family and friends that have been overweight. And it kills me. Like, it it kills me from the inside of how people treat obese people. Correct. And, like, part of me, you know, I've, I've sat and cried about it, where it's just like I see people – the way people treat obese people as second-class. Absolutely. Statistics. Yes. Yes. So for me, and maybe this is just maybe more personal, not even so much for other people, but like for yourself, you mentioned like people say like doctors are like, Hey, Sean, you know, you just need to lose weight. Right. <laughs> right. Or because you're overweight, like, right. No. And then you're kind of like, you know, excuse my French, but probably like, no shit. You know, like <laughs> I know this. Like, thanks. Yeah. I, haven't, I haven't seen the mirror in the last couple years. thats why I go up to.
1: Uh, are you sure about that, Doc? I mean, I—I I didn't get that. <laughs> so, for, exactly. For you
0: though, like, and I think for anybody, because there's a lot of great people. What you've done here is you've humanized this process, and I think that's what people are sick and tired of seeing, like the the workout machines on TV, where it's like just works out three times a day and there's some ripped dude and some ripped chick. And <laughs> yeah. You're like, yeah. Cause that's going to yeah. get me there. Yes, you're taking it. Yes, you're yes. bringing the human eyes, right? It, it, it is a right. tough process. How does somebody who maybe isn't obese, but they have someone that they're friends with, there's a family member. How do they support you? Cause it's, I, I think that's the other line too is that people we bring emotions into play, right? And we don't want to hurt somebody's mm-hmm. feelings about like, I don't Correct. want to bring this up because I know this is probably a real tender spot for him. Like, yes. yeah, yes. I know I'm overweight. What is your, I don't know if it's advice or even just suggestion of, how does somebody support somebody in this way? Because what is what do you what do people need or they're looking for so that family members and friends can really be there without saying, hey, just go out and go to the gym. What are you doing? You're just being lazy, uh, eat better. You know, the same shit you were saying. What would your suggestion be?
1: Yeah. Well, that's a good question, Chris, because, you know, most time is that all I say to people is love them. Love them where they're at. Love them through it instead of riding them, because that's what you do is like, think about this. My wife grew up that way you know, family members told her, well, you, you, you better lose weight. You need to lose weight or you're going to be fat. You know, do that's what they do. They think that they're helping and they have an incredible gene pool. They never been overweight themselves. So what my thing is, is that I try to tell family members, get, if, if people reach out to me, a lot of my parents reach out to me, uh, friends of, you know, family, brothers, sisters reach out to me. Hey, can you help my brother? Can you help my sister and all that stuff? And you know what I tell them? I say, Have them reach out to me. I'm not going to talk through you and show them my story. And you say about that humanizing, that's what's hit the nerve is that if you can get a person, it's about community and acceptance, social acceptance validates everyone. And that's what an obese person wants is they want social acceptance and they want validation and we want a voice. And that's all that they are looking for is that, okay, you're going to love me. You know, my name is Sean Maroney that has fat. I'm not a fat person named Sean Maroney. You know, I have a fingernail that doesn't make me a fingernail, right? I have a toenail that doesn't make me a toenail. I have fat. I have this in the label and disabling the label of where we're at and understanding a person and trying to be sympathetic. Like, for instance, here's empathy. Empathy is imagine yourself in somebody else's shoes. Mm -hmm. I have sympathy because I know what obese people were going through. Empathy is caring about what they are going through and how they understand them. And my thing is understand them and love them. And when they're ready and get them to an answer and say, hey, how about we do this together? How about this? How about some accountability? Let me love you and don't push them. Don't slap them down the hall and say, man, you fat, you know, look at you. You look at, don't eat that. And look, and you know, people always look at obese people like they're going to eat the cow. You know what I'm saying? You know, you get people that they're, they're waiting for you to eat. And I know people that are 180 pounds. They have a hollow leg and they can eat a buffet and then some, you know what I'm saying? And, but they're okay because they have a good gene pool. But we're looked at, man, if we eat one speck over that piece of steak or that whatever we have we're looked at is that we are subhuman. And my thing is, is that love a person for who they are and understand them and show empathy and then make sure that you get them to an answer and say, that's what I'm trying to get my, my story is out there. And I'm trying, people are pointing them to me and I tell them, I want them to reach out because if you're, you can't do it for them, you gotta, they gotta do it themselves. And, you know, I'm done, you know, my 600 pound life, Chris, that, that's, that's a a laugh and that, that, that hurts the the culture because they make, you know, uh, obese people look like the, you know, they're trying to get to the, excuse me, to the savior. And then he subhumanizes them and makes them feel like that. They don't, they're, oh, you're not doing, you need to lose 30 pounds or, and, and the thing is, then you see them crying, I don't want to, you know, it makes good TV, right? But the thing is, is that that's not even real. My 600-pound life or my big, fat, fabulous life, because being fat isn't fabulous. Being fat isn't beautiful. You know, I don't want to be fat, shame, but guess what? I'm not going to say, look at my body. I love who I am. Because being obese is unhealthy. But love people, understand them, and show empathy. And when they're ready for it, just like anybody, a person can't give up a cigarette, and you can't smack them down until they're ready to give it up. And until they're ready for, to get the answers, it's not up to me to get them there. And just sometimes, you know, the best thing to do is shut up. Mm -hmm. Bottom line, shut up. Don't even don't, don't say anything.
0: I think you mentioned, and I'm a, I'm a huge believer in empathy, like empathy in anything, whether it be business or life, whatever yes we need to be empathetic because yes we're humans and humans have emotions and you know what we need to be okay with how people's emotions are and they're not wrong absolutely right yes And that comes down to many things with this is like people say you should just stop eating or whatever it might be but we don't even know what's behind the story and what i've appreciated about you sean is you One, you mentioned the word vulnerability, but you got super vulnerable. We we, we never really met before this. And you you told me a lot of really tough points of your life. And and Mm. I'm empathizing with you because you've gone through some serious shit. But what I want to kind of come back to on that word empathy, maybe you could touch a little bit on this on your journey, is Mm. there's that empathy of, like you said, like people that are there to support you, whether it be your family, your friends, coworkers, whatever, having that empathy. What did you have to shift? to have that self empathy mm. that made you kind of mm. go down this path. Cause that's a big thing too. Right. Is, is that loving ourselves? And I, I did a post on this the other day and cause I was, as a coach, I worked with some people and, and they, this was a big thing for them is, and even for myself is having that self empathy and being like, you know what? I did do a good job and you know what? Today I struggled, yes. but that's okay. I'm not going to beat the crap out of myself today. So for you in this process, because I think that's the tough part for people, is when we're not seeing those, maybe those uh, losses on the weight scale, right? Mm-hmm, you, mm-hmm, yeah. you, you crushed <laughs> it in the gym all week, and you ate healthy, and how the hell did I gain one pound? <laughs> yeah, right, 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 so right. What was that self-empathy? How does that fit into your journey here and in, in, in the process?
1: That's good. Well, it's actually two things. Number two, I had to get honest with myself. And I had to drop my excuses, okay? I had to say, wait a minute, I'm not doing so good. It's all right, it's 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 okay to not be okay. Like I had to realize that I'm human, I am gonna have a bad day, I am gonna eat wrong. As long as I live, I am gonna have those days. And so the other thing is I had to accept myself and fall in love with Sean Maroney. Mm. And when I did that, Chris, I got honest. I dropped my excuses and I learned to love myself at 687 pounds. That's what changed for me completely. Because I say this, everybody has a 687 pound problem. The difference between mine and yours is you can see mine. We can't see yours. Well said. Well said. And I'm honest to a fault because you know what, Chris? I went to the hospital, I gained 36 pounds in the hospital, water weight, just like that. I, I mean, it's coming off right now, like right now, I come out of the hospital and the infection starts subsiding. I go to the bathroom probably in every hour, give or take, urinating. That's how, not to be unkind or crass, but I'm just saying all this water weight is coming off me again and I can go down and like I said, last year I got to my 105 pound mark when I got out of the hospital because of losing all of that water. weight. Cause I'm going to tell you what water weight sucks. You know, it's getting through that and trying to go past that. And the other thing that I have to do was I had to break. So it's going to be two years and my, my train anniversary is December 27th is when Brandon took me on. And that's when maybe two years that Brandon and I got there and January 10th will be my second year. And let me tell you this, here's what I did. I went even when I didn't want to, I broke a pattern that if I ate something that was wrong, guess what I did the next day? I raced that day and got up back up on the horse. I say, I did this. I made a mistake here. I did this. I made a bad day, two days, three days, even a week. Guess what I did? I broke the pattern and got up on the horse again, that's what I do, that's when things change, not only did I get honest with myself, not only did I drop my excuses, not only did I love myself, but you know what I did, I broke that pattern to say, I overcame the mind by saying, I'm gonna get back up, even when it's not comfortable, even when I made a mistake, even when I had to, you know, uh, uh, chocolate, or when I had, you know, that extra piece of pizza that I shouldn't have eaten, I get back up, hey, I did it, I'm, I'm just going to be. I'm going to going to show. Well, you're not losing weight. Well, guess what? I don't need you know the obese you know um, you know people coming around you. Well, you're not losing weight because they don't even understand it. People don't have a clue. They don't know my life. And I'm I'm good haters to me are motivators. Mm-hmm. I like haters. They motivate me. You know, people that do that, they they, hit, they sort of keep you on a Oh, but I get I get pretty good yeah hate. I mean they they're, they're you know people these you new know, these keyboard Nazis, you know what I'm saying? They're yeah. looking for, you know, a problem in every solution. You know what I'm saying? Though though I had I have my share, but I I I turn my haters into lovers though. I don't get in combats with them. I say, "Well, that's a good point and I'm glad that you, you know, you are, you know, not my trainer, you know, yada yada, but I tell you what, I will be your friend." So, thank you your opinion, but you don't have a clue. See you later. Sayonara. And they don't matter to me. It's just like most people that are obese don't have that confidence. And that's another thing I got. I have a confidence that I I have that if you don't have a confidence to do this, then you're going to get shot down. And when people do say that or say, man, well, I watched you for a, the other day, somebody said, well, I watched you for a year. And um, you know, when I was watching you, you really haven't lost all that much. And and I, I just sat back and I let everybody else come to my defense. like 105 pounds isn't that much. I mean, come on. I mean, go, go, Sean, we're, we're in your corner. And man, haters are going to hit, ha- you know, people just start. I let the, the people that follow me, you know, take over because I don't have to defend myself. Um, I don't want to defend myself. I don't, I don't have, I know what I'm doing. I know where I'm going and I have a confidence in that. Am I perfect? No, it's progress, not perfection, Chris. And I'm enjoying the process. I'm enjoying um, the journey. I embrace the journey. I I love doing what I'm doing. I don't like these infections, but I'm going to tell you what, it's part of the journey. It's part of who I am because it gets me snapped back. Now I'm ready to go. You know, I'm out here. I'm getting all this fluid off me. I'm ready to go. I'm going back to the gym this week. So it's been two weeks uh, since I've been out of the hospital. I'm getting released. I'm going back. I'll be in the gym on, on Wednesday, and I'll start my routine again. So a whole other eating plan.
0: Absolutely. Love that. And you know, you know, you you kind of mentioned with the haters too, and I think yours is probably zoomed in a little bit more because of your story is online and people can follow it, mm-hmm. right? But not everyone right. is out there. Um, their haters don't show up in the form of keyboard Nazis. They can show up in the no. form of the guy at the mall who's staring at you like you're a piece of crap. Right. Or Correct. Family, your members right. riding you because right. you should be – what I'm going with this and what I see is not so much that you're passing the buck with, Hey, I'm going to let my followers defend me, but this is what I'm hearing. Sean, tell me if it, what your thoughts are is you're allowing your community that you build to support you. And sometimes we don't have to fight all our battles at once. And what that comes down to is surrounding yourself with like-minded, positive people. Positivity breeds positivity, but negativity Always. will breed a lot quicker than negative with negativity so how do we combat that surrounding ourselves with people that just support us in a positive manner
1: absolutely man that but chris that that's you said it. i couldn't have said it any better and you know the thing too though i don't you know the haters that do come in i let their comments they say you might delete this i don't delete your comments i need the negativity you can't have all positive and sunshine and roses you need to have that other side you can't, I mean, how, how can you survive if everything and people are there? I let your comments in there, and I even I respond to them. I say, well, thank you for your opinion, that's, that's, and that's all I've said before. And they're looking for me to fight and defend myself, and I just say, thank you for your opinion, like I did the other day. I said, thank you for your opinion. That means a lot to me, and I will take it into consideration. Thank you. And that's what I said to them. I don't have to sit there and say, well, man, you just don't, you know, I've been doing this and defend when you do that and you defend yourself, you make yourself sort of look more like an idiot. If, if you know what I'm saying, yeah. I just go there and let me say, let leave their comments there and leave what they are because you need the negativity as well as the positivity because you don't have life without negativity and positivity. There's no way. And I like that. It drives me because I don't, I, I, I take a compliment like I take a criticism. I take a criticism like a compliment. I let it roll off my, my back like a duck. I just don't – don't sit there and you know people compliment you. Great. Then you know, say thank you and shake it off and go on. And then when somebody does a criticism and somebody hates, guess what? I let it roll off my back. And that's what I try to tell everybody else because don't show your story and be willing to show your story if people – they're not going to hate you. And they're going to look for something because they're looking for the negativity in every positive thing. And that's how I look at it is I like the negativity. I, I embrace the negativity because that's what life is. You can't have light without dark. You can't have dark without light. And then the darkness is what allows us to appreciate, you know, the light and just think of me going through or driving on a train. Right. And we're on a train and all of a sudden we go through a tunnel and everything turns black. Well, I don't jump out of the train and get rid of my, 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 my train ticket. I embrace that because I'm going through that process of down that track and I'm going through that dark space right there and I need to accept it. And that's what I say. We need to accept the negativity just as well as we like the good because not everything is sunshine and roses.
0: Totally. And it, I think what it comes down to as well is um, understanding how... To make transformation, we have to look at everything, right? Correct. So if someone gives you negativity, and we're in a state that we're not happy with, we need to look at when that person or whatever happens gives me that negativity. How do I respond right now, and what can I do differently? So, what I'm hearing right. with you is okay, and and probably a lot of people who struggle, right, is they're going to catch shit for being overweight because it's always you pick on that. But if it's causing you to Go the other way. What do you have to do with those emotions to change it to, to the the way you need it to go for you? And what I'm hearing with you is, yeah, people are being negative. Let's be honest. The world isn't about everyone having a kumbaya session, hugging and laughing, right. smiling. It's, right? It's not life. Right. Life is not. No. what We wish sometimes it was. It'd be a lot easier if everyone was positive and we just support each other. Yeah, exactly. So, but for you, I heard it is, "Okay, I'm going to allow this to to fuel me in a different way. That's going to." help me get to where I need to go rather than to push me back of where I need to go. And we, that's where I think you need to be crystal clear on the, why you're doing it, where you're going, how you're going to get there. And you know what, there's going to be bumps along the way. So how are you going to manage those bumps to get through? And the fact of the matter is the bumps can either help us or really push us back. And you know, for you, I'm hearing it's, I'm taking them, I'm using them the way I know how to use them. And you know what, I'm gonna fall and I have this support system around me that's going to help pick me up when I need to be picked up yep. Yep. and I'm going to continue to move forward. So kind of coming into that, Sean, I'd love to know as we kind of wrap, get close to wrap this up is, so you, your highest weight loss, you're at 687, you mentioned? Yes, yes. Where are you at, Where right. are you at today? What's what's that look One, like?
1: I'm, I'm down 105 pounds.
0: Okay. Um,
1: I right now have lost the same 20 pounds. Uh, because of water weight. Well, here, here's the, the good thing. Here's the good news. Like I said, weight loss is more than eat less, move more, right? Right. Um, not that it's an excuse, it's an explanation. Now, remember I told you I never had, I don't have high blood pressure. My blood pressure is 130 over 70. Um, my blood sugar is 95. My A1C is 5.1. Just got, I never got a true medical workup in all the years I've been obese. Doctors would not do it. I had a, you know, an endocrinologist, she would check, she checked my testosterone, my testosterone, she wouldn't check my estrogen. Okay. And, uh, four months ago, I now have it now like Brandon, who is our lead trainer for the obesity revolution. And my story turned into a, uh, you know, a movement and turned into a revolution is what has happened. Okay. And that's the name came the obesity revolution because people were saying, Sean, you're the leader of the obesity revolution. And so it's sort of stuck. And I'm like, okay, uh, this is this is awesome. This is great. And now we have Brandon, and now I have a a double board certified doctor, Doctor Kip Van Camp, um, who is now our doctor, and gave me a true medical workup. I'm talking, took my blood, took ten vials of blood, um, went all the way down my vitamin deficiencies, all that stuff, everything that I never would have gotten from a stereotypical doctor because they just didn't see the need to it and. Gave me a 1200 calorie diet and said, this will fix you. And then you need to move, get up more. And so anyways, I got my blood and I got it back. And Chris, I knew there was something more wrong with me, especially with my lymphedema. I have a mass that can weigh up to 50 pounds on the inside of my leg. So it's like you tying five, 10 pound bowling balls on the inside of your leg and walking. That's how I walk every day. Okay, And that's my thorn in the flesh right there, my lymphedema. And that's where I get the infections at every time. All nineteen infections have been right there in that leg. Never had was in the hospital before two thousand four. Not once since I was a kid. Nothing. So, anyways, uh, Doctor Kip gave me a true medical workup, and when he gave me the medical workup, Chris, here's what he did. I got all my answers back from him and Doctor Lopez. I am insulin resistant. Um, you probably know what that is. Insulin resistant means that I, the insulin, I'm producing enough insulin, but my body is is fighting it, is resisting it to do and to break down carbs and sugars. I have adrenal fatigue syndrome. My adrenal gland doesn't kick in until 9 o'clock, which is, which is genetic. I am not an early bird. I am a night owl. And that's a genetic thing. So my doctor said to me, they came back, they said, hey, do you crave carbs at 9 in the morning? I said, no, I don't. How about nine at night? Yes, I do. Do you get a surge of energy between 9 and 11 at night all the time? I'm an, I am say, I can do that. In the morning, do you drag? Yes, I do. He said, you have adrenal fatigue syndrome. I have Hashimoto's, which means my antibodies are attacking my, uh, my thyroid, and we're getting that adjusted. My testosterone is so tanked that you, it's, it's almost undetectable. My estrogen is through the roof. So right now, what I'm doing is I'm on HRT, which is hormone replacement therapy. Right now, Ben, but I went to the hospital. I had to sort of step back because I was on antibiotics. Um, I'm taking testosterone twice a week. I'm taking estrogen uh, twice, uh, estrogen blocker twice a week, and I'm getting also supplement and uh, uh, something for my um, insulin resistance, which is helping with all that. And then getting rid of the inflammation because I have so much inflammation. So what my next thing is they believe right now is I get everything in order. And when I went to the hospital, Chris, this is my best infection I've ever had. I've never been below 20,000 in my white blood count. This time I was 19,000. And in 12 hours, I went down to 11,500. And I got out in three and two and a half, I think three days I got out. And I'm doing fine, recovering quicker. But here's the thing all of these things are corrected they seem to think that once all these things get corrected i'll be down another hundred pounds in the next
0: six months to nine months good for you man that's uh, so and that's the process right i mean it's you're not going to go from 600 to 200 in a matter of a month or even a year or maybe even a couple years but it's that process along. correct so you know for anyone kind of listening who's whether struggling or they have people struggling how can they get involved in this revolution to be, join this community because um, i think like we mentioned community your tribe whether it's through online means or face-to-face we all need them um mm-hmm. how can they get involved with uh, the revolution to help kind of join this journey that you've been taking
1: all they have to do is go to the dot com. the obesity com. Uh, we have an online platform that is free of charge right now. We'll have other memberships as well, but we're coming out with an app that we're getting ready to launch uh, that is going to be full bledged that's going to help people that are obese that our trainer, Brandon, and his, his team is going to be able to work out with people that are in their homes that can't get out. Instead of us getting them to the gym, we're going to bring in the gym and a trainer to them is what we're doing right now. And so it's all online, workout videos, meal plans, everything is all going to be underneath that roof. And then all my social media is there, you know, from LinkedIn to Instagram to Facebook and all my articles and my news uh, uh, Fox and NBC that, that covered me is all under one roof, the obesityrevolution.com. And people can sign up for free and it will be free for the rest of their life. They don't have to ever... Do anything and don't get as much value out of that free as it is for me because what i did is i want to be the person that i needed when i was in the darkest period mm. and this is the program that i needed when i was looking for a program that's what the obesity is
0: man that's uh you got a fan here man honestly <laughs> thanks chris you're changing the world and um as we look back and kind of reflect on that why piece, I know that you know as people understand their why, you know I, what I hear for you, um, Sean, is that you have your why of your family and your kids and yourself, but you're also doing this to help people. And I think at the end of the day, and this is so cliche, but we just need to help thy neighbor. You know, we need to be there. Sit. We are humans at the end of the day. I don't care if you are. Super yes. rich or you're super yes. obese. You and I are both humans, and we need to start respecting and treating each other like humans, and having empathy. And if we're doing that, my friend, Amen. this is how we start yes. to make positive change. So I want to thank you on behalf of probably many, many people. This world would be work. a better place. Keep doing the good work, man. Wow. I uh, I want to do another interview with you next time you drop another hundred. Let's keep this uh, journey going on this show That's- as well. That's that's let's do
1: it, man. And you said that you said one thing if I can interject. You said love thy neighbor, right? But you know it also goes a step further, it says, Love thy neighbor as thyself. We can't love our neighbor until we love ourselves first. And that's the thing that we always miss. I gotta love myself and love thy neighbor as thyself. And the last thing I'll say too, Chris, is that obesity. So leave everybody with I came up with an acronym for obesity. The O is overcome the mind. The B is become a better version of yourself. The E is embrace your situation. The S is simplify and stabilize your life. The I is intrinsic motivation. The T is transform your habits. And the Y is you are accountable and responsible for yourself. That's how you get rid of obesity and to do them steps. And you'll never do it if you don't overcome that mind first. That's the first step.
0: (laughs) You just nailed it all down with this, that one acronym, man. I, I, uh, I'm I, going to take that. I'm going to run that not as my own, but as yours. But that's, uh, I think many people looking at that can can use that as, you know what, ob- if they're going to label me obesity, well, I'm going to take that and change the way I label that label. That's, that's it. Yes, Yes, exactly. Change
1: it. If you don't like something, change the view. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's what we're yes. doing. Absolutely. So let's change how people view people, and that's that's stop. So, thank you, Chris.
0: Thank you. Yeah, it's been a pleasure, my friend. And, uh, like I said, I'll be, continue to keep watching your journey along the way. And you need
1: anything too, Chris? You let me know, brother. And I kind of an honor and thank you for having me on your show. And yes, we're going to trust the process. So, Absolutely. here we go.
0: Great, thank you so much.